Are you ready for the end of the world? You are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Again, I forgot. Let's bring back the circle again. (laughs) It's like I've been doing this 16 years, and you'd think by now I'd remember it. (laughs) Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. And my favorite part, wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to Your Community Spirit with Orr, the Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And we are live and a little bit local. A little bit local, a little bit local. (laughs) I was trying to enunciate it a little (laughs) bit there. Yeah. Climate change puts 1.3 billion people and 158, I guess, TN is trillion. Yeah, trillion. (laughs) Dollars at risk, says the World Bank. Wait a second. The World Bank says this? Yeah. (laughs) They're the ones that's funding all the projects that's... Anyway, shouldn't editorialize. They kept all their seats. The global community is badly prepared for a rapid increase in climate change-related natural disasters that by 2050 would put 1.3 billion people at risk, according to the World Bank. Urging better planning of cities before it is too late, a report published on Monday. Hey, we're on top of the news. Yes. Wait, that was like almost a a week ago. ago. Yeah. (laughs) Just... From a bank-run body that focuses on disaster mitigation, said the assets worth $158 trillion, that's double the total annual output of the global economy, would be in jeopardy by 2050 without preventative action. The Global Facility for Disaster Reduction and Recovery said total damages from disasters had ballooned in recent decades, but warned that worse would be in store as a result of a combination of global warming, an expanding population, and the vulnerability of people crammed into slums in low-lying, fast-growing cities that are already overcrowded. Quote, With climate change and the rising numbers of people in urban areas rapidly driving up future risks, there's a real danger the world is woefully unprepared what lies ahead, said John Rome, the World Bank Group's Senior Director for Climate Change. It's interesting. I mean, for me, this is very interesting because the World Bank historically has funded massive programs that have cause climate change (laughs) yeah you know it's like they'll actually fund anything that makes money so basically they're saying now that climate change will make us money let us fund things that will stop yeah we want to fund things that mitigate climate change or you know that the the causes of climate change that's interesting to me too because historically for decades the people who were raising the alarm about climate change were you know activists, people who are not in positions of any sort of power. But here's the World Bank, a very powerful economic institution, and now they're the ones sounding the alarm, saying, oh, you know, trillions of dollars will be lost, and, you know, billions of people will be placed at risk. All right, let me finish the quote from him. Quote, unless we change our approach to future planning for cities and coastal areas that takes into account potential disaster, We run the real risk of locking in decisions that will lead to drastic increases in future losses, end quote. So although developed countries have been responsible for the bulk of historic global emissions, poor countries are more vulnerable to the impact of climate change 
and they demanded financial help from the West as part of last December's breakthrough global deal to reduce emissions. Yeah. So. That's part of why people talk about climate justice now, because the people who caused all of this harm to the climate and the people who are going to suffer the most, there's a gap there. And how hot is this gap? It's getting hot in here. Uh, there's a 99% chance this will be the hottest year on record. Wait a second. We just started the year. <laughs> yeah, we just and started right the year. And right now we're like in a cold spell. Yeah, in the U.S., in this particular region. <laughs> oh, okay. It turns out there is more to the world than just the Midwest. I know it's it's hard to believe, you know, uh, but yeah. How can global warming be happening when it's cold here? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. It turns out that we're not the only location on the whole planet. So odds are increasing that 2016 will be the hottest year on the books, as April continued a remarkable streak of record warm months. Last month was rated the warmest April on record by both NASA and the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. See, we've got it spelled out here so we can remember what it stands for <laughs> this time. <laughs> Which released their data this week. In the temperature analysts kept by NOAA, it marked the 12th record warmest month in a row. So for 12 months in a row, it has been the warmest month. That's, that's pretty record-breaking, I would say. Global temperatures have been hovering around 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial average. That's a threshold that's being considered by international negotiators as a new goal for limiting warming. So the negotiators have been discussing, okay, let's try to limit this to 1.5 C above pre-industrial, and we're already starting to get there. I mean, granted, we are just coming out of a El Nino spell, but uh, this is a sign that we are already very close to 1.5 Celsius above the threshold. So an exceptionally strong El Nino has provided a boost in temperatures to recent months. The primary driver has been the heat that has built up from decades of unabated greenhouse gas emissions. It turns out that spewing a bunch of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere for over a century, almost two, has consequences. So given the head start this year has over the last, there is more than a 99% chance 2016 will best 2015 it's not 100% chance. not 100% it's, it's only 99% <laughs> we have a 1% chance of not being hotter yeah you know if suddenly i don't know if suddenly the sun goes out or something <laughs> then, i mean a scientist i don't think they're allowed legally yeah. to ever say 100% yeah not until the year is over you know? <laughs> just like <laughs> yeah but it's um i wish we could show you the graph through the radio waves but i thought that 2015 looked hotter than 2014 and it did but if you look at the first three months of 2016, they are way hotter than 2015. That's how they can say with such high confidence at this point that it's going to be a hottest year. Because, you know, even if we have slightly cool weather for the rest of the year, it's still going to average out to being the hottest year on record. The average, yeah, because it was, it was so hot. Yeah. Yeah, well, before, before I get to the next story, too, I want to make a true confession, true story. I drove to the radio station today. <laughs> it's bike to work day. It's bike to work day, and I drove to the radio station for the first you, time ever. You felt ever. guilty when you saw my bicycle sitting Oh, yeah. I, I, felt, I felt guilty. You know, It was like cloudy and rainy and overcast this morning, and I was just like, should I ride my bike? And then I couldn't find my windbreaker, so I actually rode here in short sleeves, and I rode fast because <laughs> I wanted to stay warm. That'll keep you warm, yeah. You know, but um, it is bike to work month or bike month. Yeah. This is bike to work week. So don't and be like today me. Today is bike to work day. 
Luckily, yeah. this isn't work for you. So. Yeah, for me, this isn't work. So uh, <laughs> you could say it doesn't count, but follow the example of others who are cycling. <laughs> it worked out. I have a license now, and it worked out with my schedule best. You actually drove here? Oh, yeah. I personally you drive? drive. Yeah. First time I've ever driven to the show myself. Uh-huh. I've gotten rides here before, and I've taken the bus. I mean, I like, piloted an internal combustion. Engine. How many years did you not have a license? <laughs> um, let's see. Well, I never had one before. So I had a learner's permit in high school. So from high school until today, we won't say quite how long that is. Uh, I didn't like, have a driver's license. It's like and, uh, I was I trying to get you to admit how you yeah. know, your age. But, what, but it's, what? it does make me since I haven't had it, it does make me realize the the sort of the power and the responsibility. It's a very powerful skill to have. But then you have to keep in mind that each time you use that vehicle, you are polluting. And it's very easy to hop into the car. There's, yeah. there's it's a so lot easy. less yeah. conscious thought. Yeah. You can be late. You can not, you know, be prepared, et cetera, you know. Yeah. So. So even now that I have my license, I will still also remember other modes of transportation exist. <laughs> now, I mean, the trend is that people don't get their license. I yeah. mean, I have read statistics that youth nowadays not only don't own cars, but don't get licenses. Oh, yeah. So. Especially in areas with good public transportation. We've got the Saluki Express here, but you know there are places where you can get easily everywhere in a large city because of public transportation, and that makes it easier to not get a license. So speaking of youth, youth win climate case against Massachusetts in the state's high court. The Supreme Judicial Court of Massachusetts ruled on Tuesday that the state must oppose must impose, impose, not oppose, <laughs> must impose comprehensive cuts in greenhouse gases emissions to comply with the Global Warming Solutions Act, a law passed by the legislation in 2008. So they, they passed legislation in 2008, but are not complying by it. Yeah, basically. So basically this, well, I mean, the ruling should usher in significantly broader and stricter statewide controls on all manner of global warming pollution, including most major sources of carbon dioxide. It is the most impressive victory to date in the campaign orchestrated in part by the advocacy group Our Children's Trust, which has mounted court challenges on climate change on behalf of youth clients in the federal court in Oregon, in the state courts of Pennsylvania, Colorado, Washington, and Oregon, as well as several other countries. Unless the Massachusetts state legislature reverses course, which seems unlikely, the decision by the state's highest court settles the matter. Just how quickly the year-by-year reductions will be achieved in Massachusetts and how many new sources of emissions will have to be brought under the tight new limits remains to be seen. The court did not spell out how regulators must act. Only that they must not sidestep the law. Yeah. Why do? Uh, <laughs> it turns out that when you pass a law, you actually have to follow like, it. So why why did this youth? I mean, why per- did this youth have to take them to court <laughs> to to obey their own laws? It, you know, it must have been an election year thing. Like, oh, we'll pass this good sounding climate act in an election year, and then. The next year they had uh, legislators' regrets. Oh, no, we actually have to do things. I mean, if you read this, the Global Warming Solutions Act, this is the state law in Massachusetts, requires that statewide emissions be cut by 80% from 1990 levels by 2050. Yeah. So they passed this law back in 2008, and then they're like, yeah, whatever. We, <laughs> we have this law. 
We don't have to comply by it. We don't have to do anything. Yeah. So these young people took him to court and said, hey, we don't want you to kill us. <laughs> Therefore, follow the law. Yeah. And they, and they have won. They've won this stage, and it sounds like they've probably won the whole thing. So maybe if we can get the other 49 states to reduce their emissions too, we may be on track to not killing our youth. Speaking I wonder how many laws are on the books like this that literally just was like in name only. They yeah. passed the law and then, you know, didn't do anything about it. Yeah, probably a lot. Well, speaking of uh, not killing our youth, <laughs> here's a good article. <laughs> Who is talking about killing our youth? Come on. Yeah. So solar power is already saving lives in the U.S. <clears throat> solar power is still a fairly tiny portion of U.S. electricity, but it's growing incredibly fast. And if you know a lot about math, you can probably figure out where that's going to take us. We're well, I, I read this morning 28% increase, you know, um, let's see, that'd be 2015 over 2014, of course. This year, we, we just started, right? Yeah. Um, now, renewable energy has hit 13% of our mix in the U.S. Yeah. Which is very small still, right? Yeah, that's but, small relative terms. But with that yeah. growth, it's going in big directions. But it's so there are a lot of benefits to it. People are excited because of economic development, jobs, local power, that sort of thing. But it's worth stepping back occasionally and reminding ourselves of the original and still greatest benefit of solar, namely that it displaces fossil fuel electricity. And burning fossil fuels to create electricity kills people. So displacing fossil fuel power directly saves lives. This is something we often don't put in those directive terms. It, we beat around the bush and say, well, it's reducing emissions and it reduces health costs. But what you're saying when you say that you reduce health costs is less people got sick and less people died. So the more that we replace solar, we replace fossil fuels with solar and wind and other renewable energy, um, it, it saves lives. And this study is put out by the Department of Energy's Sunshot Initiative, yeah, which is an initiative a plan to accelerate its solar development and deployment. Um, they just actually re released a bunch of uh, press releases. A bunch of organizations got um, grants from the Sunshot Initiative to train new solar installers. Yeah, and so, um, so they've got they've commissioned a series of studies called uh, the broad series of studies is called on the path to Sunshot, and it studies you know what's it's going to be like when we approach meeting those goals. And one of these studies reports it, it does something that Sunshot itself never tried to do in its initial vision study, quantify the environmental and public health benefits of hitting those targets. So the report in question is called The Environmental and Public Health Benefits of Achieving High Penetrations of Solar Energy in the United States. It's quite a mouth, mouthful, but it's a very descriptive title. So some of the benefits that they project, if it's, now this is a comparison of if we meet the sunshot solar goals versus if we didn't put in any more solar. Yeah, no new solar is yeah. built. So that's, a you know, it's a bit of an exaggeration. Even if we didn't do this sunshot program, we probably would still put in some solar. Right. If you would like to receive the chart, I can email it to you. Our email is info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Yeah. The biggest takeaway statistic for me was that they they frame it partially in dollars. They say that we're going to save $167 billion worth of avoided health and environmental damages. But to me, it's more impactful to say the lives that will be saved. 25,000 to 50,000 50, avoided premature mortalities. 
from now until 2050. And that's that's a cumulative savings of 10% of the power sector emissions. Yeah. So it's not like we do a massive, it's just reducing it 10%. Yeah, just reducing it 10% can save. Would save 25 to 50,000 yeah. kids being born dead. Wait, yeah. why do I keep saying dead? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a pretty serious topic, I guess. Well, so imagine if we reduced 100% of our fossil fuel emissions. <laughs> imagine how many lives would we save then. And and they also talk about the money aspect too. You know, billions of dollars saved. Um, so appar- apparently, solar has its benefits. So I've heard. <laughs> <Just like apparently. laughs> saving billions of dollars, saving. Well, I'd like to think that. I mean, I I just finished installing a system here in Carbondale yesterday, so um, I have yet to like test it and turn it on yet. But I tried to test it and turning on a different day than I work. Because, you know, you should have a different person inspect it and test it. And that different person is usually me after I've had a full night's sleep and working. <laughs> yeah. So just like, so, um, yeah. If you would like, again, the link to this study, or if you'd like to re- read more information on the path to sunshot, there's actually eight different topics in there and they're they're working really hard to figure out ways to reduce the energy usage down to um, six cents a kilowatt yeah and um which would expand solar energy 14 percent by 2030 and 27 percent by 2050 so substantial um and the truth is is you know even if the government doesn't do anything at this point renewable energy is going to be installed massively. Yeah. But whatever they do will make it better. Yeah. The government can choose to accelerate it because of the health benefits and the economic benefits. Yeah. So, and I mean, what's nice about this is we're focusing on the economic development jobs and not just the general, oh, solar's cool, you know, Mm -hmm. the the tech whiz bangery, right? Yeah, because there's a lot of that too. You know, solar is fun, but it's also good to keep in mind the very serious um, economic and health benefits of, you know, not pumping noxious gases into the atmosphere. <laughs> it turns um, out please that- don't say so- same <laughs> sentence, solar and noxious gases in the same sentence. <laughs> yeah. Like, we got to keep like- <laughs> solar clean, yeah. <laughs> um, today is Be a Millionaire Day. Ooh, that's exciting. Um, I was a millionaire for the first time when I was 16, and I went to Mexico and converted about $500 into pesos. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was um, inflation was really high at that time, and they started counting out these $100,000 bills, and I was, well, dollar bills, peso bills. <laughs> peso bills, yeah. But they had a, it's like a dollar sign. The peso is almost like a dollar sign. Yeah. So if you ever get a 20 peso gold coin, it looks like a $20 gold coin because it's got the, except it's got Spanish all over it. <laughs> yeah. So. So you can be a millionaire that way. It's also National Bike to Work Day, as we mentioned, and we'll mention that in the happenings too. And I bet if you got rid of your car, you would get to be a millionaire a lot quicker <laughs> because you wouldn't spend all that money on a car. Mm. Today is Pick Strawberries Day. It's like, and the rule of picking strawberries when you go to, you know, pick your own. One for the basket, one for you, two for the basket. No, I'm getting it backwards, aren't I? Let's mm-hmm. see. 
One for the basket, one for you. One for the basket, two for you. Three for the basket. I already yeah. screwed up again. So just remember, pick your own. You get to eat all you want. <laughs> just, I wonder if they actually have rules against that. But yeah. our whole family used to go there, and you know, we'd pick a lot, but we'd also eat a lot. You know, it was like a, a fun family outing. Yeah, I've picked blueberries before. Yeah, it's a, it is a fun way to spend time. So let's see. We've also got coming up National Waiters and Waitresses Day, National Servers Day. So be kind to your servers. They they are actual human beings. You may forget this. I see a lot of people forget that with their servers. But I know a lot of servers, waiters, waitresses. Thank you for waiting on Yeah, for, for waiting on people. People don't realize the luxury of it. You go there, you sit there, someone comes up, they're nice to you, they offer to get you stuff. I mean, it literally costs you like a dollar or two dollars tip for this person to like wait on you hand and foot. Yeah. I mean. And their boss is probably paying them, you know, just a couple dollars an hour, so. Any well, kindness you can show to them is much appreciated. I, it's less than $4 an hour is the yeah, required. The required is, yeah, it's very low. It's less than minimum wage, that's for sure. Sunday is buy a musical instrument day, or if you're poor, just start practicing <laughs> <laughs> making sounds with your mouth or, you know, slapping things. Yeah, acapella. It's, like, it's also World Goth Day. Monday is Lucky Penny Day. And Tuesday is National Missing Children's Day. Yes. And Wednesday is National Wine Day and Tap Dance Day. And if you drink enough wine, you know you can tap. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Whether or not you actually can is another story. In Happenings, May, of course, we mentioned, is Bike Month. The May 2016 Bicycle Scavenger Hunt in Jackson County, of course, is happening. Explore historical and unique unique sites in the county by riding your bicycle to the sites listed in the flyer. Now, of course, they don't trust you, and I wouldn't trust you either, that -hmm. you bicycle to all these places because they're (laughs) all over the county. They're all over the county, yeah. So you have to do a selfie with your bicycle at those places. Yeah. And, um, I mean, one of them is, if I remember right, you get to go out to Giant City uh, Lodge. And so, I mean, that's only seven miles out there. And, you know, it's up and down hills. So if you get enough speed going down the hill, you can make it up the hill without pedaling. Yeah. It's a beautiful ride, though. I've never actually ridden it on a bicycle, but I've ridden in a car. And I can imagine on a bicycle driving through all those trees. Very scenic. So post your selfie pictures with your bicycle through the Bike Friendly Carbondale Facebook page. And you can win a $50 gift card and one of a number of smaller bicycle-related prizes. So hit the road on your bicycle. (laughs) And speaking of bicycles, Bike to Work Day. Ride and dine with the city. That's coming up today right after the radio show here. It's coming up at 11 a.m. to noon. Participants are invited to ride their bikes from the Carbondale Civic Center, also known as City Hall, to the SIU campus. And enjoy a free lunch after the ride at... Oh, it says at the Town Square Pavilion here, but I think it's, they say, I think they're going to campus. You start at the Civic Center. Well, in the past years, they they rode from the Civic Center to the Student Center and then back to the Town Square Hall for lunch. Okay, there you go. So it's like, you know, you basically bike the main roads in a group, and so that's fun. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. I don't know if you've ever had a chance to do that in a large group. That's like a critical mass event, you know, and it starts at the Civic Center at 11 a.m. That's very soon. So you've got just enough time to get on your bike and ride. Also coming up, the movie and pizza party. 
Five Flights Up is happening tonight at 7 p.m. at Guy House Interfaith Center. Uh, this, this month's feature film is Five Flights Up. Part of what's fun about this event is that people who are going to it can vote on what movie they want to watch. And then when the voting is done, they watch it on that uh, third Friday of the month. So 7 p.m. at Guy House. Also coming up, we've got not one but two yard sale events to mention today. You've probably heard about one of them a lot on the air here. But first we'll get to the Rainbow Cafe, the third annual yard sale of the Rainbow Cafe. It's coming up on Saturday at 7 a.m. at the Rainbow Cafe Youth Center. The Rainbow Cafe LGBT Youth Center will be having their yard sale, and they're still accepting donations. Um, you can email them at fundraising at rainbowcafe.org for more information. And if you just want to participate in the sale, it's starting at 7 at their youth center. WDBX Yard Sale, Saturday, May 21st, 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Guess where? At WDBX. Yes. Which we are located at 224 North Washington Street. Special appearance by Plaza Records with music for sale. Stop on by Saturday, 8 until 1 p.m. Yes, that's a good way to support community radio. And you get to stop by WDBX, too, if you don't come here very often. And even if you do. Also coming up, we have the Bellsmith Springs hike with the Shawnee Group Sierra Club. That's coming up on Sunday at 11 a.m. at Bellsmith Springs. Well, they're meeting at the Murdale Shopping Center at 11 a.m. Or you can meet at Bellsmith Springs Mill Branch Trail at noon. And I honestly, I think I'm going to go because I have actually never been to Bellsmith Springs. You've never been to Bellsmith Springs? Oh, yeah. Today is the day of being honest. Yeah, Yeah. it's honesty day. (laughs) And it's, I mean, the the trails are only two miles and 1.5 miles. So they're doing two different hikes. Yeah. And so even, um, you know, fat people like me can handle that. I mean... Um, Bellsmith Springs is such a beautiful place too. I've been there. I, I haven't been there in a long time, but it's been maybe a dozen times or more. And it's a beautiful hike, beautiful natural area, all sorts of biodiversity going on there. And it's great to go on a hike like this with someone because then they can lead the hike, show you where to go, maybe say a little bit about the plants along the way. So meet in front of the Murdell Shopping Center sign Sunday at 11 a.m. if you want a carpool. Good deal. Also coming up, we have Continuing the Conversation, coming up on Tuesday at 7 p.m. at the Newman Center. Each week, a group of community members meets on Tuesday nights for Continuing the Conversation. Their purpose is to build an interracial community based on listening respectfully to each other's life stories. As they listen to one another, they will be building a community that strengthens their understanding and compassion for one another. So once again, that is at 7 p.m. on Tuesday at the Newman Center. Tuesday, Transpoetic Playground, the theme is Reflections. Transpoetic Playground meets at Guy House on the first and third Tuesdays of each month at 8 p.m. However, Transpoetic Playground is throwing a special edition. They invite all to share some poetry or simply enjoy the performances. All poetry is welcome, even if it's not part of the theme. So, Tuesday, May 24th at 8 p.m. at Gaia House. Also coming up is a presentation, Poor Health, Health Consequences of Extended Poverty. It's coming up next Wednesday from 5 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. at the Carbonea Public Library. Poor Health, Health Consequences of Extended Poverty will be the topic of discussion at the next meeting of the Community Forum, Challenges of Poverty in Carbondale. Now, Poor Health, some might say, would be the answer to the question, how are the people of Southern Illinois doing these days? 
Such were the findings of the 2016 Community Health Needs Assessment. And this will be pre- presented by Angie Bailey, Community Benefits Manager of Southern Illinois Healthcare, who will participate in the May 25th event, 5:30, 5, excuse me, 5 to 6:30 at the Public Library. So she's going to be joined in discussion by Miriam Link Molson, Chief Administrator for Jackson County Health Department, and also uh, Drubodi Mukherjee, Associate Professor in the SIU School of Social Work. So a broad you know, several very uh, educated, informed perspectives on the issue coming together at the library on Wednesday. And this is very good. This is very near and dear to my heart because, you know, uh, I am I am at many times in my life a low-income person, and I know that getting getting good health care when you are low-income, it can be a very life-changing experience. So it's a big problem in Southern Illinois, and I'm glad to see a community conversation about it. Also on Wednesday, Downtown Community Farmers Market. Wednesdays, 3 to 6 p.m., downtown Carbondale on the 200 block of Washington Street. That's right. On the street. They close the street. Mm. It's a street party. Downtown. Between Oak and Jackson Streets near Town Square. The downtown community farmer's markets on Wednesday, 3 to 6 p.m., October 20th, uh, April 20th through October 26th. So... So basically all summer early and also a little in the spring and the fall. Right. And they do have, speaking of food poverty, they do have the Double Up Food Bucks program, I think is still going. If you are on SNAP benefits, you can come and buy food. And sometimes, and I think it's still going on, if you give them $10, they'll give you $20 worth of tokens to buy food right there. Yes. Some healthy, delicious local foods. Also coming up, we have the, not this weekend, but next weekend, the annual plant sale. It's happening on Saturday, May 28th, 7 a.m. at Turley Park. All proceeds benefit the many projects sponsored by the Evergreen Garden Club. This year, there will be many perennial plants from members' gardens offered for sale, as well as bedding plants and hanging baskets. So we've also got another mark your calendar, too, that the Carbondale Park District to celebrate the grand opening of Splash Park. On Memorial Day weekend. Are you ready for the splash? You ready to make if, a big splash? If, if you look all over the internet right now, the pools are full. <laughs> and so they are prepared. Now they're doing a lot of the landscaping and, you know, fixing the little things and making sure, you know, the pools don't leak, I guess, over the course of the week. So we're this, going to have an, an actual public outdoor pool in Carbondale. Open from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Of course, you do want to get a family membership. They have it set up where, you know, the more people in your family, the cheaper it is. And so get a family membership for the whole summer. Or you can pay each time you go there. But if you go there more than once a week, the family membership is worth it. Hmm. So... And I suspect we're going to have a hot summer ahead of us, so I bet many people will be going on the first day and every day thereafter. (laughs) So there you go. It's once again been an exciting and informative episode of Your Community Spirit. Yeah, I had an episode, definitely. (laughs) You are listening to Orda Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And we are Your Community Spirit on Your Community Radio. It is still nice. Remember, there is the Sierra Club hike, meet in front of the Murdell sign on Sunday, to go out into the woods. 
Otherwise, there's other woodsy things you can do on the weekend, too, like wineries. Those are woodsy. <laughs> wineries are woodsy and yard sales, all sorts of good stuff going on this weekend. We will see you next week on the radio.